Hello and welcome to the Invictus Wellbeing Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Brown, and today we will be in conversation with Dr. Kerry Howes, public academic and author of Gratitude and Education, A Radical View. Uh, Kerry has spoken in, all around the world and um, you know some highlights include at the United Nations in New York and um, on TEDx and Kerry was introduced to me uh, through a mutual friend and I don't know about each of you but have you ever met someone who when you first spoke to them you kind of felt like wow I feel like I've known you my entire life that was very much my experience with Kerry as I sat on my back deck and had a cup of tea and talked to her over the phone and heard about some of her work and um Kerry was kind enough to send me her book and I read it over the summer um, in the lead up to, I guess, this conversation and um, it's been so many gold takeaways um, and I'm really excited to share her work with you. And so in a moment, we're going to be jumping into that. But before we do so, both Kerry and I want to acknowledge that this is actually a time of grief and loss for a lot of people in myriad ways in their lives. And we want to have this conversation in full awareness of that, acknowledging um, that gratitude may seem like a counterintuitive topic to speak about in this context, but possibly it's just the message we need to hear. How can we practically remain grateful in the midst of a global pandemic when everyone feels like there's, you know, there's things we're, um, we're stressed about, we're anxious about? How do we maintain our gratitude? Well, I think the first thing to do is to work out, come back to that question about why, why would we want to stay grateful? And that will motivate us to do the, the things that we could be doing to be more grateful. So the why is really important to get into our hearts and each person will answer that question differently. But for me, the why is, like I was saying, with gratitude for materials, but the why is that... Um, it's a really good opportunity for us to be thinking about our the way we're going to respond to this is going to have a really big impact on our anxiety and our, mm. um, our relationships with others and our mood during the day and the thought processes that we go through and our sleep and our immune system and yeah. our connectedness. So gratitude can help with all of those. And scientifically, it's been proven, for example, that it can help with depression, sleep disorders, um, anxiety, um, relationships with others. So there's yep. a lot backing up. And wow. I, just, I just like our listeners to really connect with the why really mm. strongly and to really feel what gratitude feels like um, and, and to know the difference if you're in a state of gratitude and when you're not, yeah. and to recognise that when our gratitude slips, then a lot of things around us slip, mm. like our, our sense of centeredness and our sense of self and our sense of yeah. connectedness to, to others and the world. Slips. Things which are so important right now. Things that are really important right now, yeah. So, mm. so to maintain that resilience and that strength and that kind of um, optimism and to meet the, meet the tide of anxiety and, and stress and fear with that, with mm. gratitude, not necessarily gratitude for that, because mm -hmm. that's a very big stretch for most of us and especially yeah. those who I'm really feeling for who are really suffering on the front line economically yeah. and in sickness. And, and so it's not to say, oh, hey, you've got to go and be grateful no. about that, about that, but 
if we can be grateful for something outside of the adversity, outside mm-hmm. of this virus, like our, grateful for our children, grateful for where mm. we live, grateful for having a roof over our head if we're lucky to have one, yeah. Gratit- grateful for um, the sunshine, grateful for living in Australia in a, in, in a relatively democratic yeah. free state, you know, just yeah. finding something, grateful for our friends, our parents, yeah just finding something mm-hmm. and really filling our hearts with that thing because when we can meet the adversity with a state of gratitude, that's where we can build our resilience. Yeah, that's beautiful. So some, some practical strategies for that yeah. would be to wake up in the morning and to be writing down all the things we're grateful for. Mm-hmm. Similarly, at night to do the same. At night, to add to that is how can I express my gratitude more fully tomorrow? So just just on that, Kerry, I, I've I've heard a similar concept. Like I've heard similar concepts before, and it's really easy for me to sit here and listen and say that's a great idea. But why why is it more effective if I actually do what you're saying? Why will it make a bigger difference if I actually go and write it down versus just think to myself, oh yeah, I'll just generally feel grateful for things tomorrow? Well, I think at these times, our gratitude is really under threat mm-hmm. um, because it's going to fear, fear and other negative states are going to consume our gratitude. And, okay. and we can get just so distracted with all the, you know, all the distractions around us to avoid what's going on. Gratitude's not a given. Like okay. no matter how much, no matter how much we think we might be grateful, yep. it's something we need to be constantly vigilant about okay. nurturing in some way. And writing, <clears throat> writing not might not be everybody's cup of tea, mm-hmm. but just doing some ritual in some way. Okay, habit, I like that word ritual. Forming, yeah, habit forming in some way and being really creative. And there's lots of ideas out there online about okay. how to do it. But but my um. My concept of gratitude, which I call deep gratitude, is going beyond just what we feel mm-hmm. ourselves and then how reflecting on how we can express it in some way, as you've probably okay. read in my book. So it's not true gratitude. It's not just about feeling gratitude for ourselves, but it's also acting on that by yeah. how we're going to express it. Fantastic. So picking up on that idea, if gratitude involves action um, or at least a mental work or cognitive work. I'm wondering how you think it could benefit us uh, when we're being confronted with, you know, personal stress, um, anxiety, sort of societal panic, um, and I guess in a bigger picture, even a closer look at our own mortality. How how can gratitude speak into that space? There's a, some really nice research out there that's saying that gratitude can really help us reduce our anxiety uh-huh. because it helps us be more aware of our relationships. So anxiety can be very strongly coming from feeling loneliness and Uh feeling alone. And dying alone is one of the biggest anxieties Mm. that we will be alone or our our loved ones, without our loved ones. Um, And I'll come back to the point about gratitude in times of, in the the death kind of um, process. possibility but Mm -hmm. um, we can be um, it also really helps us to be more gentle with ourselves so Mm. self-gratitude is really important at this time so that we look after ourselves and that we don't go into beating ourselves up or regretting Mm. not having done things in the past or um, go into a whole lot of guilt and negativity about oh I wish I'd 
said this to this person, wish I'd done that. And death anxiety often comes from the anxiety about what we haven't done, what we haven't achieved. Okay. And in my in my humble opinion, I don't not oh. an expert on that. So I'm imagining that if we're really grateful to ourselves and what we have been able to do, uh-huh. and and fill ourselves once again with that at this time of the virus, it could really uh-huh. help reduce the anxiety. Uh-huh. So it's not just about gratitude to others, but gratitude for ourselves. And so what um can you give me an example of what self gratitude looks like in terms of self talk? What kind of things would a would a person be saying to themselves if they were experiencing self gratitude? Well, I think the the number one thing to recognise is that perfectionism is the biggest um, biggest enemy of self gratitude. Okay. So we, whenever we're finding ourselves saying, oh, "I wish I was better than better at this," or um, had done this and keep the anxiety is coming from this sense that we need to be perfect. So okay. self, self-gratitude is letting us off the hook and going, oh, okay, well, I've been able to achieve this. Isn't this great? Mm. Well, that's than so timely. I, that. I guess there's so many of us who were busily climbing up ladders and chasing goals that maybe weren't as important as we thought. But one way or another, um, most of us are going to have our own set set of criteria around success in 2020 um, really laid bare. So do you have any advice around dealing with perfectionism right now? Like, Because some people will be mourning the loss of, uh, you know, um, a conference that didn't happen or a, um, a yeah. business deal that didn't come through or KPIs they can't meet. How do we, how do we deal with that, um, I guess, falling short of our own measure of perfectionism? Yeah, well, I think going to self-gratitude is a really powerful, way of doing that actually by you know if you look if you think about a graph and and think about you know zero percent up and 100 percent down and if you're in perfection mode of behavior you you're looking at the 100 percent and wishing you were you know you you weren't yeah. wishing you were up you're up there whereas looking at it from zero percent up you go oh mm. wow i've been able to achieve this and i've been mm-hmm. able to achieve that right but i think that i think you, your question about what are we going to do in this time to really reflect on where we're at in our past. I think the more that we commit to reflecting and having really high level discussions and really taking time out to look at ourselves is going to be one of the best ways to respond, to really once again ritualise some time to to really kind of think how how can I improve my character how can I change Mm -hmm. and that's only possible if we're not in perfection mode because reflection requires us to be positive about Mm -hmm. ourselves it's not just Mm -hmm. about reflecting on the negative stuff it's more like okay there's this part of me that that has been has really needs to improve and there's this part that's really great and just to kind of reflect on both of those So reflection over perfection, I like that. Yes, yeah. (laughs) Now, for our listeners, you may have heard a bell sound in the background. I'm a teacher. I work in a school. So the next train is not arriving on Platform 7. Um, It's just Mm -hmm. the regular change of period, even though um, we're significantly down on numbers and the students aren't wandering across the campus like normal. So, Kerry, talking about education just for a moment, um, Mm -hmm. what can you tell me about the role of, of gratitude in education in the midst of a pandemic Um, and a lot of teachers all around the nation and internationally are teaching online or they're teaching blended classes they're they're giving up hours and hours of their night times when they you know are really with their families and so families will be feeling the absence of um of spouses or parents if if they have educators in the home because they're trying to get these online lessons up and running and doing a lot of work with that what 
what can you tell us about how to be the best teachers we can be um, through the lens of gratitude right now? I, I'm really feeling for all those educators as you're describing. Um, I think the first thing to recognise is that this is a, in going from a face-to-face environment, which is what, what most educators you're talking about are going to, to an online environment, we first need to recognise that um, that we teach who we are, as Parker J. Palmer says. Mm. Our inner attitude, our vibration is, is going to be transmitted through the online environment. So not to forget that our teacher presence is really, really important as we as we are communicating and teaching online and that students can feel our energy, they can feel the inner attitude that we're bringing. And one of the best ways to connect with that is to think about what we're grateful for before we actually go onto the computer and teach. Mm. And to and it's really hard to hold gratitude while we're doing the teaching the content, but we can do a lot in leading up to it in this theory that I have called a state of preparedness, mm-hmm. where we can actually prepare our being before we actually get into the online environment. And my fear is that we forget, we might forget that because we're mm-hmm. on a new medium. And of okay. course, great teachers bring that passion and that gratitude perhaps into the classroom and it's much easier to access and connect with it. But now more than ever, we need to really fine tune that gratitude and okay. um, bring that into the classroom and, I, and, and I'm into the into the online environment. And I'm 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 sort of really feeling for those people who are tired and stressed and now sort of saying now we've got to be grateful, mm. but to recognise that this will also have an impact on that on your relationships with your family members and others. Like the more yep. we can the more we can really bring ourselves into that grateful state, the more those things that you mentioned are going to be a bit easier because Mm. um, that's going to help us connect with ourselves a lot more and others a lot more. Yeah. Um, I guess relationships are at the heart of education. Um, How do you see the maintenance of relationships um, holding up during what could be quite a protracted online learning experience? I think to recognise that as teachers we have that relationship with our students and to keep it really strong, even though it's invisible at that time. Mm-hmm. Yep. For example, to be having a, a picture of those students in our minds often, mm-hmm. sending them vibrations of love and gratitude, mm-hmm. uh, having a strong vision of them being well and happy, really, yep. knowing, really knowing that we have that special relationship, whether we're physically with them or not. To, and, and this is a real invitation to experiment with, I know it's not scientific and it's not necessarily proven, but my experience and my philosophy is that that we are, that our students are picking up on that anyway, regardless yep. of our being with them physically. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> so I think having that strong kind of sense of connectedness with them would be really good. Yeah, that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And uh, what a hopeful message to think that, that heart of a teacher still makes a difference despite the medium. So I guess in your book, you reflect on the power of the student-teacher relationship. There will be an end yes. to this experience. Um, and at the end of that, what do you think we might have learned about relationships in education? I think going on from what I've just said, uh, we, we would have learned that we have a power to be able to really look after our students in ways that Mm -hmm. we haven't thought about before without going beyond the actual physical presence of being Mm -hmm. with them. Mm -hmm. Uh, We would would have learnt that relationships really matter a lot more than what we perhaps 
had thought before because we might, in our reflection, we might take them less for granted. Yeah. Um, we will, um, I think teachers have really needed this time out. It's, it's mm. horrible that it's a forced one and we wouldn't wish this on anyone. But yeah. I think if teachers, if us educators can take this time to really come back to who we are as teachers and to grow our character because that is the gold out of this and mm. to reflect on you know, how we want to do things differently, all of that is going, because we teach who we are, all of, our, right. all of, all of that is going to really impact on our relationships with our students. Yeah. And, and, to, and to welcome going back, you know, um, with this renewed sense of self and creative sense, mm. like to be really creative and yep. have this opportunity to kind of step into the new and mm. to embrace a different self. Not that the old self was wrong, but just to say, well, okay, this is an opportunity for me to really let go of the stuff that yep. I, and and really teachers, even though they've got that six weeks holiday, et cetera, et cetera, like a lot of it is just recovery time and mm. there's so much to do, but maybe this, kind of time will be a time where we can actually take stock and uh -huh. replenish and reflect. I know in your book, you also mentioned the complexities of gratitude. Are, are you able to unpack that for us a little bit? Like, what is it? What? Yeah. Talk okay. to us about the complexity of gratitude. <laughs> well, <laughs> how long have we got? Um, yeah. We might need another podcast for that. We might. But... I'll have to have you back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, th th okay, let me talk about in terms of reciprocity for the okay. first start. Mm. So because we – it's like very interesting because I'm kind of – all the time thinking, oh, before the coronavirus hit us and now afterwards, but up until this point, we have, in the West anyway, have been very um, generated by a whole system of exchange. Mm. So there's a tit for tat. And if I do this for you, I want something back in return. And, and we've been dominated by an exchange paradigm. And gratitude invites us into a gift paradigm where we're just giving for the sake of giving, which is what we are seeing a lot in this new way of being in the coronavirus, because I'm noticing stories of that everywhere. With gratitude, the, the com one of the complexities is that we feel like if we express our gratitude, somebody has to change in some way or that they have mm -hmm. to give back in some way. So, um, for example, principals might write letters to parents to say thank you um, for what they've given to their, you know, giving us your children, etc. And then they mm -hmm. come back to a, a session with me and they complain about not having had anything back from the parents and think their gratitude's failed mm. in some way. And gratitude's not like that. Like the moment we the moment we have an intention of giving with wanting something in return, it's not gratitude anymore. It's become mm. something else. Mm. So that's a real challenge in this society. And yeah. we can tend to measure the impact of our gratitude on how other people behave or on on what happens in a certain situation and the measure of the impact of our gratitude is really on those things I was talking about before which is mm. our resilience and our changing character and are we happier are we feeling more connected like looking at in what, how it's changing us inside rather than yeah. how it's changing another person there's a lot of interior work being done there what role does metacognition or that ability to think about our own thinking play in unlocking this gratitude 
gratitude is, as Cicero said, is the parent of all virtues. Mm. So once we, if we focus on gratitude, we're focusing on a whole lot of other things because you can't have gratitude without humility and interrelatedness and self-regard and empathy and a whole lot of other things come into play when we practice mm. gratitude. It sounds to me like the, the power in gratitude is because it's it's almost like white light. It's the spinning of those colours that come together and to, to create something that's um, more significant than the sum of the parts. But at the same time, mm. is it more difficult to achieve because there are, there are so many almost sub-virtues that hold up gratitude? There's always a danger where we can over-philosophize, and, which is what I was just thinking I was doing, mm. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and to recognize, like I've got on the, to- on the cover of my book, that mm-hmm. the drop of the water, drop of um, the, the droplet in the water and the ripple. Yeah, that's a beautiful image. To come back to that image all the time, that even just, even just taking one moment of reflection on gratitude mm-hmm. at one point in the day can make a huge difference, yeah. and to build it up from there. So, but but if we want to keep growing our gratitude, especially in the midst of difficulties like this time of coronavirus, people that are really nasty to us, um, mm. stressful, then we can always put gratitude in there and think, oh, how can gratitude really be relevant here? And and that's what I'm talking about. Well, when you ask that question in the midst of adversity, mm. a whole lot of other things can automatically happen when you practice gratitude. Like gratitude just brings those brings those things along without yeah. us having to without us having to try to practice humility and all these other things. Yeah, you know okay. I mean? yeah. And, and maybe it, it points out um, the extent to which we are living inside those virtues more than we think, which yes. is a beautiful thought. Mm. Yes, yes. We, we we definitely are. We're much better than what we think. Yeah, we're I think we are. We're, we're much we're much more beautiful. We're much more <laughs> generous. We're much much better people than we actually mm. think we are. I believe. And we we know that feelings follow our focus. And um, at the moment, yeah. there can there's that temptation to live inside a, a culture of fear. Do you? Yeah. Th- what role do you think gratitude can play in in dismantling the culture of fear that's on the streets in cities all around the world right now? Yeah, I think it's a really great question, Josh. I I believe that if we can be a lot more conscious of gratitude and Hmm. and build our gratitude, as I said before, separate from the fear, so don't go into the eye of the storm with all the things we're fearful about and look for gratitude Uh there because that's Mm. a real kind of covering, replacing one negative thought with a positive thought and that's not gratitude. That's quite dangerous, I think. Uh I think it's much better to build our gratitude where we can, put habits around it, uh-huh. really get in touch with our feelings and our embodied experience of it, find ways of connecting with others with it. And once we're kind of building that greater consciousness, then the f- we'll we kind of meet that fear, with a for- meet the force of fear with a force of gratitude. And I think we need to be gentle on ourselves because uh-huh. we have been really confronted and abrupted abruptly like life has just become it's and and it's really hard catching up and we need to be gentle on our governments and our people making policy decisions our leaders you know both in our schools and others we're we're human beings dealing with such disruption and it's not especially in Australia it's not a natural thing for us to deal with this exponential change 
Yeah. So once again, self-gratitude would be very gentle. And mm. um, I, I think that there is something there, though, in watching our thoughts. And I yeah. think that was your question about metacognition. Mm. And, and really, at the same time, being very aware of the things that distract us from that process, like our yeah. phones and... Mm and our absorption in the media and our and being taken away swept away with what the news is telling us and yep. feeling like being dutiful citizens is watching all that news whereas mm. being dutiful uh, being a dutiful citizen to me right now is to really reflect on what it's saying to us about ourselves as human beings to look at the level of greed we might as human beings brought, you know, in a positive way, mm, yeah. um, the greed, the the kind of um, mindless consumerism, the, yeah. the, the you know, all the things that are being stripped away. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm really afraid if we don't wake up and change that I'm really afraid that that's going to be a really missed opportunity Absolutely. For us to do that. But we've got to have a positive framework around that, which doesn't yeah. beat ourselves up at the same time, which is where gratitude can really help. So we're getting a bit philosophical here, but do you think, yes. <laughs> um, do you, which is good, do you think that the this experience, uh, the first time really since a, we've had a globalised world in the internet where collectively as a, as a species of, of humans on the planet, we have something that's really altering all of our lives drastically at the same time. Do you think mm. that it could lead to a shift in consciousness? Do you think it oh, could yeah. actually like what what are the what yeah. are the bigger ramifications here? What could this do to human life in terms of how we see ourselves and our place in the world? Well, I think if we all take it as the wake up call, that's a really big question. Like we it could do absolutely nothing if we don't do that. Mm -hmm. And and yet I don't I don't see that happening. Like already I'm seeing so many wonderful. I'm sure you are and your listeners are seeing already it is changing us. Mm. Already there are so many lovely stories. Like in Tasmania, they've got in in the local paper in Hobart, the Mercury, they've got this thing called the kindness pandemic, uh, and, they're, nice. and they're collecting all these stories of kindness. Mm -hmm. And our local um, florist decided to deliver um, uh, sort of um, glasses of flowers just mm. randomly at people's wow. doorsteps with a message. Wow. A guy whose business was um, was was with um, uh, taking Tassie produce to tourists. It's all mm -hmm. shut down, so now he's delivering food to all the people, all the older people in his in his area, all free. Wow, it's beautiful. So, and the the level of conversations like this mm -hmm. that you and I mm -hmm. are having, I'm I'm. I'm so moved by how mm. much how many people are really reflecting and and going oh my gosh and also they're saying it's good like we I know that's a luxurious statement mm -hmm. um, and we were not wishing it to no. happen but at the same time there's a lot of optimism mm -hmm. in the people that I'm dealing with that I'm yeah. talking to I don't know if you're finding that as well. Absolutely. But... Yeah, I, I think there are some bigger conversations coming out around a reboot of society and and looking at um, what's the most what are the most important things and I guess a reprioritization around family and relationships and um, yeah. the idea that maybe enough is as good as a feast. Um, yes. And yeah, I think that's I think there is a lot a lot of positives. Um, that can occur in the midst of any, any tragedy um, without taking our eyes off the, yeah, the immense 
suffering <laughs> that's happening yeah. all over the world. Yeah. yeah. I think that's one of the complexities of gratitude where it's being accused of taking the mind off the suffering and keeping the right. status quo and yep. that we're just going to be Pollyanna and just mm. say all is okay. And it's really clear in the midst of the virus that we're, that we're not saying that. Um, like it's important to be clear that we're not saying, mm. oh, great, we've got a virus. It's mm -hmm. more saying, okay, what can I do about my inner attitude mm -hmm. and how I can respond? Mm. And as I said, going to gratitude is a really succinct way of answering that question because it mm -hmm. covers a lot. And also because it highlights what one of the, th the reasons, one of the causes of where we're at in the world mm -hmm. is resent resentment. Mm. And resentment is the opposite of gratitude. Mm. So grat gratitude can often highlight where we have resentment. And yeah. this is a really great opportunity to work on that. I've had to really learn to step out of any Pollyanna. But yeah. adversi adversity in life has taught me that, not gratitude. It's more mm -hmm. like... I've learned, you know, to stop the magical thinking, to stop, yeah, to, to stop feeling like gratitude is going to be a panacea for mm. everything. It's not. Mm. It's just more of a conscious, really highly high level conscious way of being. I think. Absolutely. Yeah. The um, we'll wrap up here in just a moment, but um, the philosopher and poet Carlo Gibran, he he talks about the idea that the more pain sort of carves into our being, the more joy we can hold. Do you think that? this experience in some way will actually give us a renewed capacity to hold joy in its aftermath? Yeah, I really do. But only if we can find a way of responding to that adversity as a place to grow and change mm. rather than being embittered by it. Okay. And so that takes a lot of support from others, like to really uh -huh. support each other to do that and to be as to take as much of a sense of pro, being proactive in it rather than feeling like this is being done to us. Yeah, yeah. right. So retaining your your agency, your human agency yeah. in the midst of it. Yeah, yeah, I think that's really important. I don't think it mm. just comes as a given that adversity is going to do that. I think we have to actually work on ourselves and not make it too hard. It's just like this choice. Where am mm. I? Am I am I making others the the reason for why things are happening or am I going yeah. to take some responsibility for what I, whatever I can change, I will mm -hmm. do. Like that, the stories that are coming out, the wonderful stories that are coming out of goodness <clears throat> yeah. are, are people doing exactly that. Like the guy changing immediately from, you know, that business where he was sharing things, mm -hmm. um, not like in, going from somebody who's running a tourist business to actually sharing overnight um, that's a really lovely example of agency. That is beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much, Kerry, for being with us. And um, we're really grateful for all our listeners for tuning in. And it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thank you very much, Josh.